This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold. And this is Payne.tv slash Gold. Episode 149, part two, folks, part two. All right, so now I'm in the Matrix. I'm dealing with all these Agent Smiths, all these NPCs. I seriously, every person I interact with now, I look at them as if there's some program in the Matrix. And their job is to slow me down, distract me, eat my time, and make me miserable. That's pretty much what their job is. So we end up at this counter, LaFlanza, whatever the hell the name of the airline is. And... um I start talking to one woman, and she gets distracted. She's trying to do something else. I don't know what it is because she's not helping a customer. She's just, like, looking at the computer, getting distracted. I'm telling you, everyone has chemo brain out there. It's nuts. It's nuts. So since she brings over another woman, and then they bring over another woman. I mean, this is taking about 10 minutes. Then Maggie's mom puts on, has no idea what's really happening. She's able to read sort of the body language. So she starts crying, and I realize she's putting on fake tears, trying to act like a distressed little uh, immigrant lady. And uh, it wasn't helping, though, because then these women are like, oh, why is she crying? And they thought, like, I beat her or something. Like, I had her in the bathroom. I was putting out cigarettes on her chest or something like that. I said, no, it's my mother-in-law. I said, she's upset. She needs to get home. She has no idea what's happening. She doesn't speak English. At this time, Maggie actually took Willie from me. She was breastfeeding him over in the corner of the airport. So I said, my wife's over there with my son. I said, it's it's just she's, uh, we've been running around here for two hours. So they finally bring me, they make me wait for the manager. They bring the manager over. Then the manager tells me, hold on, I've got a woman who knows how to do this. I'm going to have her help you. So we wait for this other woman. The manager brings us over to that woman. And then that woman says, I'm sorry, uh, we don't do anything with Scandinavian Airlines. you got to go to United. I said, well, United sent us to United International. And she goes, no, it's not United International. It's United. She's like the manager probably just put you off on them because he didn't want to deal with it. I said, are you, are you serious? So now we walk back all the way. And that, that took probably 25 minutes. So we go all the way back. I mean, 25 minutes at that one desk. At the one desk. I could have literally uh, baked a loaf of bread in 25 minutes. So we go back all the way on the other side. 
on the uh, like it's on the other side of the wall, then all the way down the other side of the airport, back to United. And now uh, there's different people working at United. It was like another shift. So the manager who sent us to United International was no longer there. Now we're at United Domestic. So they end up saying, they go, no, we don't have a partnership with Scandinavia. We just book luggage for them if, if they're not there, if they didn't make it. Meanwhile, the woman Nancy at the information desk had told me that Scandinavian Airlines was supposed to have the desk open from 2 to 4.30. Well, at this time, it's getting close to 4.30. So people are now saying, well, they're not, they're not going to be there. I said, I know. I was looking for them two and a half hours ago. So anyway, United is like, look, go back down there. See the Indian guy at the end? I said, yeah, I've seen that guy. He works for a different airline. They said, we'll talk to him. He should know. So we walked down there. I start talking to him. Meanwhile, Maggie's back. She runs into a TSA lady, an Asian woman, and she says, yeah, folks, we're walking around. It's like, it's like, uh, um, United Nations over there. So then um, Maggie ends up talking to this Asian TSA lady. It was really helpful, but had no idea. I mean, she really doesn't. Uh, it's not her job to. She's just uh, you know, a useless government employee that harasses people. So um, the Indian guy's like, well, I'm a tech guy. I don't really know. I'm fixing the computer. I said, well, do they have an office back there? So the TSA lady's trying to find out if Scandinavia, Scandinavian has an office. They don't have an office. They do have an office. Maybe there's an office. Maggie's snooping around trying to get in the back. I'm thinking she's going to get arrested. Meanwhile, uh, Maggie's holding Willie G. So now at this point, folks, it's just, it's insanity. Right, and I'm starting to get frustrated, and I'm like, look, Maggie, just spend the 500 bucks, buy the ticket. Let's just call it a day. We're screwed. We'll try to file a complaint with Scandinavia and try to get some money back if we can. If we can't, oh well. You know what are we going to do? This is what happens when you enter the matrix. So anyway, we finally decide to leave, and we're walking across the parking lot, and uh, Maggie and I are talking, and I'm like, I don't know. It feels like God wanted us to go through hell. Uh, maybe if you, I don't know, if you call again, it'll change. So Maggie's like, you know what? I am going to call. I said, good. Cause I'm not, I'm sick of this. This is ridiculous. You know, I start getting ticked off. I got to hold my cool inside. And then, and then I just, you know, I start to lose it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So we put uh Willie G in the car. We get in the car, Maggie calls, uh, the same number magically a woman answers with like a british accent on a totally clean line it did not sound like she was underwater or snorting cocaine or taking a bubble bath or uh in a steam room or whatever it is the filipino midgets are doing this is like a normal sounding british woman literally it could have been artificial intelligence maybe it was artificial intelligence that actually saved us so maggie talks to her for like five minutes and the next thing you know, the lady's like, oh, no problem at all. No problem at all, dear. And she books her the flight for today, free of charge. So maybe the magical protocol, the internal policy for Scandinavian is you have to have the customers call at least three times and swear at you and harass you before you give them a free ticket. This woman books her a free ticket on the phone, sends the confirmation email to her, done deal, didn't have to give him a nickel. Uh, watch Maggie's credit card be charged <laughs> next week. That'll be the next thing. That'll be the next thing, folks. Charge her and then uh, fine her or something. But no, so she gets the ticket. So uh, we get all the way back home. And then this morning, I had to uh, deal with um, 
the guy that owns this this property, old Italian guy, and then the my neighbor Jeff, he's like an old redneck from West Virginia. He's retired. He's the one who taught me a lot about the farming that we do here. And then the septic tank guy was an old Italian guy, too. The three of them are all here. We're digging up the front yard. It was the greatest conversation ever. It was like I was outside of the Matrix. These were three old guys talking old school shit, folks. Uh, talking about all the people they hate, talking about all the new development around this area that they hate, talking about the good old days, talking about how the young workers are lazy, talking about how they can't find help. I mean, it, it was it was a great conversation. I, I would love to have the three of them on this show. Sitting here, we'll smoke cigars. I'll let them sip whiskey while I drink tea, and we would have the best conversation. Of course, we would be thrown off of every channel because it would be the most politically correct conversation you ever heard i was laughing so hard with these guys i literally i was about to say to the septic guy he's 73 i could tell he's looking to retire in a couple of years it's his company he's a one-man show he was actually telling me how he will not do any heavy like digging and put in new septic systems anymore because of all the permitting that needs to be done through the city and or the county zoning and it's just so crazy he stopped doing it years ago he told me how he had several workers he had to get rid of them because everyone was so lazy and now he's just a one-man show and he makes the money he can he was telling me he had five acres where his house is at one point he had five trucks um he said back in the day he had uh, five crews and he said and this is about 10 years ago the city completely rezoned his land without ever telling him turned it into residential he couldn't park his trucks anymore therefore he was forced to sell his five acres because it was all part of his business he said it was nuts and um and uh, he was, I was about ready to say, listen, I'm going to take over your septic business. I'll just run it. I'll give you 20%. I just want to do something with my hands. I'll be done with this. I'm getting out of the matrix. I will just suck crap out of holes all day. I think it would actually be a lot more fun. And I'll put Willie in the truck and him and I will just go around sucking crap out of holes. We'll go back to old school style, folks. Doing stuff with our hands in a giant vacuum cleaner truck. And we'll just suck people's crap. It'll be great. At least I won't have to necessarily deal with a lot of people. I'll just show up, take the top off the septic tank, suck out the crap, and be on my way. I was ready to do it after yesterday. So anyway, we did that this morning. And I load uh, Maggie's mom back in the car with Maggie and Willie. We went back to the airport today. We got her there. Maggie ran in with her. Uh, I stayed there, played with Willie. And I'm not with my Willie. I mean, it was my Willie, but not that Willie. It was my son, Willie. And so... uh so she ends up getting her mom in there. Everything goes smooth. And then about a half hour after we left her on the way home, she gets a message that the flight's delayed by a couple hours. I mean, this poor, my poor wife and her mother. I mean, it's, it's just insanity, folks. But when you choose to interface with the system, when you have no choice but to interface with the system, with the matrix, this is what's going to happen. The good news is it reinforced in Maggie's mind that uh, heading to the mountains of West Virginia is a great idea. And she keeps saying to me, why 28 acres? Why not five or six? And I said, trust me, five or six acres is going to feel so small once you're there. 28 acres, I'll spend the rest of my life making money to build a wall around that thing. In fact, a lot of these counties we're looking at only have four or 500 residents. And I really, I would love to get there and run for mayor 
You know, I would say, listen, don't think of me as an outsider that's coming here to ruin this place. I'm coming here to warn you. I will run for mayor if I am mayor. My promise to you is we'll never bring one outside business into this area. We will never accept uh, any more state or federal money. Uh, We're not putting any more state highways or roads through here. We're not doing any expansion, no new development. Uh, Single family homes on a minimum of 10 acres. Uh, And that's the rules. I would really run on that. I would say, listen, we will be the town that time forgot. That's what we want. That will be our billboard. Proud to be the uh, the town that time forgot. And that's it. We don't want any more uh, 5G, no infrastructure, nothing. Nothing. And if, and if you don't like that living in the town, then you pick up and move to New York City. You pick up and move to Atlanta. You pick up and move to Coral Gables, Florida. Coral Gables, Florida, Dustin. Where the hell did that come from? Folks, I will tell you all about Coral Gables, Florida. It's like the movie The Truman Show, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to be doing a lot of this. I'm going to get into the anatomy of a real world smart city instead of just talking in generalities instead of just showing world economic forum recycled propaganda videos with new voiceovers laid over the top i'm going to show you what they're doing in coral gables florida and this is going to lead us into your friend ron DeSantis and your friend donald trump i apologize folks but it's not me it's them that are helping drive the smart cities. I'll be right back. My name is Dustin Gold of the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold, folks. So listen, stay out of the matrix. Exit that system and limit your interaction, folks. Plugging into the matrix, I'm telling you. It's the Matrix meets idiocracy uh, out there. It's it's horrible. I mean, the people just working in the airport, uh, at the baggage claim, the TSA, all of these people short of Nancy. Um, like, I'm telling you, the average IQ out there is about 65, folks. People are literally vegetables. They might as well be walking around as a tomato, a squash, a cucumber. That's how I saw them. I mean, it was it was sad to see. And so I, I say to myself, you look at the caliber of the people working at the desks, working at baggage claim, uh, working as the floor managers, working as TSA, and then ask yourself, what is in the control rooms? What's in the air traffic control towers? Uh, what is sitting behind the steering wheel in the cockpit, folks? It's pretty scary stuff to imagine. And uh, I have a funny feeling you're going to start to see planes falling out of the sky. And I think that's all intentional. It's going to be to drive us deeper into the technocratic system. They're collapsing. 
the third industrial era. It's done intentionally, and it's not an illusion. It's just a strategic collapse. It's a controlled demolition is what it is. All right, to move us forward. This is what all the identity theft is, all the money being stolen. This is all a controlled demolition. So we've installed incompetent buffoons, then we jabbed them up, gave them chemo brain, and now this whole system is going to collapse in front of us, and people are going to be begging, begging for more artificial intelligence. They're going to be begging for more robotics, which, by the way, I set up an account the other day at the suggestion of Stephen Jeffrey, who's going to be my co-host on the True Crime Podcast, and uh, I think it's his niece is an assistant athletic director at a college. She was looking for some information on certain regulations that had to do with this women's team. She couldn't find them anywhere on the internet, and the college had an account at OpenAI. I've talked a little bit about OpenAI in the show. We're going to eventually cover that. I've got to get it in here between Smart Cities and this Federal Reserve book by Anthony Sutton. Uh, I'm going to sandwich it in somewhere. And so OpenAI has the new uh, chat that's been out in the... uh, in the news a bit. So I set up uh, an account there because Stephen's niece said she went to it, asked the question, it gave her all the regulations and literally wrote like a cover letter for her. And she couldn't believe how amazing it was. Then Wide Awake Jim just told me a friend of the show um, has a business partner who's like a high-end marketing guy. He went to some international conference and told her, we're screwed. AI is just insanity at this point. And so I opened an account at OpenAI. I typed in, just I was goofing around with Jim. I typed in, uh, what are oil and gas royalties? And so it started sp- spitting out all this info. I shared it with Jim. We'll talk about it um, when I feature this software soon. I'm not going to do it on tonight's show because this Coral Gable stuff popped up on my radar while I was researching smart poles. And I thought this was a really pressing matter to show you folks out there. So up on the screen for you, ladies and gentlemen over at pain.tv slash gold, I just have Google Maps up, or CIA's Google Maps. Uh, Coral Gables, Florida. And if you look right here, it's uh, right down near Miami. So for those of you that don't know where Miami is, you take Florida, right? Go all the way down to the tip of uh, the peninsula there, Florida. You have Miami over on the very southeast uh, side on the eastern coast of Florida. And then uh, right connected here to Miami is Coral Gables. All right, so it's uh, you got like South, South Miami uh, area there. And it says uh, Coral Gables is a city near Miami in Florida. It's home to the 1920s Venetian Pool. Car from a rock quarry with its grottos, towers, and bridge. Coral Gables Merrick House is the restored childhood home of city founder George Merrick. Fairchild Tropical Botanic Garden includes tree-lined lakes, a tropical rainforest, and a butterfly display. The collections at Low Art Museum include Cuban and Caribbean works. All right, now, wait until you see this, folks. Uh, I have a lot of information. So over the next couple of shows, we're going to be skipping around, dissecting this, and I'm going to show you the technology behind this, why this is important. We're going to get into the actual history 
uh, and timeline of smart cities. Because this is a pressing matter at this point because people are seeing this pop up all over the place. So let's get to the bottom of it. And then I'm going to show you um, sort of who's behind Coral Gables. Also, I've been doing some research because you've been hearing the new catchphrase, 15-minute cities. 15-minute cities are really just smart cities. They came under a new phase of planned urban development a few years ago. They decided smart cities weren't good enough. They had to condense them down into 15-minute cities, and we'll get into some of that as well. I mean, you obviously want to avoid this. If you live in one of these, I would get the hell out of it as soon as possible. I mean, really, if you want any semblance of freedom, uh, at least the illusion of freedom, get the hell out of the smart city. So this is uh, CoralGablesMagazine.com. And this article's from June 2021. So, you know, at that point, we're about 18 months into COVID land, the high school theater production. But they were working on Coral Gables as a smart city free-range prison going back to at least 2017, 2018. So predates uh, COVID land. But uh, let's start here. This article says, Coral Gables, city of the future, question mark, with a core drive to be the nation's top smart city the gables opens itself to innovation and this is written by doreen hemlock and jp faber again from june 2021 it says to understand just how quote smart end quote the city of coral gables has become one need only visit the new public safety building which houses the police fire and emergency services department um that should have a comma there it says police fire and emergency services department there on the fourth and fifth floors is the high-tech hub that runs the city's neural network the city's neural network here you will find the 9-11 operators the emergency operations center and the community information center that monitors the streets of the downtown and beyond in real time all right, so they have this emergency operations center and then the community information center where they're monitoring the streets of downtown and beyond in real time. All right, so uh, I mean, you talk about Big Brother, this is it, folks. For some of you, this this won't be a surprise, but to other of you, I don't think you're gonna. I, I think it's going to be new information because you're going to actually see how the inside of this works instead of just saying smart cities. Let's talk about how one of them actually operates, where it came from, who's behind it. It says, you will also find the electronic brains of the city in an ice-cold server farm of miniaturized computers more advanced than any other city in the state of Florida. Mm Mm-hmm. It says, quote, a smart city leverages technology and innovation and best practices to improve quality of life in mobility, public safety, transportation, environmental sustainability, everything that matters to the quality of life for the citizens, end quote, says uh, Ramundo Rodolfo, the city's head of information technology, quote, the smart city leverages the technology of the moment, end quote. Now, let's just uh, repeat this. It's important because Ramundo Rodolfo says that these are the things that matter to the quality of life for citizens. Again, he says, um, 
mobility, public safety, transportation, environmental sustainability. Nothing about freedom, uh, nothing about liberty. Those are not important things uh, when it comes to the quality of life of the citizens, and it can't be because you're literally living inside of a prison yard, folks. I'm telling you, this is a prison yard. Think about any prison movie, um, any prison movie you've ever watched, the TV show Oz, you know, this is it, folks. This is what you're living in, and your home, your apartment, your condo, your townhouse, whatever it may be, the homeless shelter you live in, that is your prison cell. It says, under Rodolfo's stewardship, and we're going to get more into Rodolfo, folks. Under his stewardship, Coral Gables has taken a lead among cities nationwide in the use of advanced technologies. These range from camera systems that watch vehicles and pedestrians to computer-assisted radio dispatch communications for medical emergencies. Everything is about supplying information about the city at faster and faster speeds and with better data analysis. Like tracking the patterns of people walking down Miracle Mile so that retailers can see if their window displays are causing potential shoppers to stop and stare. Or providing an app so citizens can request free taxi service downtown with real-time estimates of the vehicle's proximity. Folks, how is this not the Truman Show? Everyone is now Truman. Did, Did you hear this here? I mean, obviously, we know cameras and medical emergencies and all that. I mean, we've been dealing with Big Brother on that level for 20 years. But now they have tracking the patterns of people walking down Miracle Mile so that retailers can see if their window displays are causing potential shoppers to stop and stare. Now, why do you think the city, why do you think the prison planet smart city of Coral Gables would give retailers access to... An API that allows them to then create a monitoring system so that they can tap into all of the facial recognition and artificial intelligence cameras everywhere so they can see if their window displays are working. This is how you create buy-in, folks. This is how you create buy-in by the prisoners in the prison yard to not only accept the prison, but help build the prison for you. Yep. This is it. This is it. Let's continue. The IT department's efforts have not gone unrecognized. For two consecutive years, Coral Gables has taken first place in the nation in the Open Cities Index, which looks at how cities are using online transparency and open data to better the lives of the residents. Now, let me ask you this, because I played around on the Coral Gables uh, Smart City Hub, which actually allows you to monitor a lot of stuff going on in the city. I guess terrorism uh, isn't a problem anymore. We're crossing that off the list, folks. Because if a terrorist wanted to inflict mass damage to the city of Coral Gables, would they not want to have access to look at all these cameras and stuff as well? So I guess terrorism is not a thing anymore. I'm not saying that terrorism was ever real either, okay? I think terrorism helped lead us into smart cities. Terrorism was a problem created for the intention of offering up the solution. But now, I guess that's out the window. 
He goes on to say, quote, this is for any size city. Los Angeles, which is a very large city, was also in the competition and placed highly, but not as high as we did, end quote, says Rodolfo, who displays the awards in the IT department's, quote, brainstorming, end quote, room for planning new projects. The city has also won a slew of other awards for its smart prowess, including the Center for Digital Government's first place for innovative technologies in cities with fewer than 75 thousand residents okay folks this is what we call a 15 minute city all right so we're going to go through this is a good article this is a great starting place I mean, we are going to dig pretty damn deep folks i went down several rabbit holes i'm going to show you this rodolfo an association he's part of linked all the way up to the g20 folks all the way up to the g20 You're going to start to see who's behind this. We're going to get into some of the technologies. We're going to look at the history of smart cities. We're going to look at the Opportunity Zone scam that came out of the Trump administration. This is outrageous, ladies and gentlemen. If I'm not sitting here acting like I'm mind blown, it's because I've just gone so deep into all of this stuff that it doesn't surprise me anymore. But for you folks, I want you to understand the anatomy of a real world smart city. We need to stop thinking about this stuff in the abstract because it actually is a reality. Ladies and gentlemen, let me step out of this smart city. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 